0: This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the InFocus podcast. I am your host, Ji Sampath. President Xi Jinping has dismissed Chinese Foreign Minister Kin Gang after just seven months in office. Kin has been replaced by former Foreign Minister Wang Yi. This development comes a month after Kin disappeared mysteriously from public view, sparking feverish speculations about his fate. A career diplomat, Kin rose rapidly through the ranks and was seen as close to President Xi Jinping. In March this year, he was even made a state counselor, a very senior post and one that he still holds. So then what explains his sudden disappearance and now his sacking? We shall try and find out more about this mystery in this episode of InFocus. And we have with us Anand Krishnan, the Hindu's China correspondent. Anand, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sambath. So, Anant, the former Chinese foreign minister, King Gang, was last seen in public, according to media reports, on June 25th, after which he has uh, completely disappeared and now he has been replaced uh, by his predecessor in this post, Wang Yi. So, there is a lot of speculation about his fate. He was also trending, uh, whereas, you know, King Gang was a trending... uh, hashtag on Twitter. So what are the theories going around? I'm interested to know, especially in global foreign policy circles and also in China internally on platforms like Weibo and so on.
1: Well, Sampat, the fact of the matter is there's very little we actually know. There's no shortage of theories. uh, But I think in terms of what the facts are at hand, and that's something we will go through uh, today, I think uh, it's still very sparse. Just to give our listeners some background, this is something that came totally out of the blue. Uh, Gang took office only in December, so he's been on the job only for seven months. Uh, And at the time of his appointment as foreign minister in December, uh, which followed his uh, appointment to the party's central committee as well, uh, which he still remains on, I think everyone saw him as the guy handpicked by Xi Jinping to run the foreign ministry for the next decade, given that Qinggang Gang is still fairly young. He's only 57. Uh, He's been really fast-tracked through the foreign ministry. Uh, Most journalists, including myself, know him because he was a spokesperson of the foreign ministry uh, about 10 years ago or so. Um, And compared to most Chinese diplomats, he was among the more friendly ones and quite easygoing and interacted with foreign journalists and was quite at ease in their presence. And I think people were quite surprised by how fast he went up the ministry his first ever ambassadorial posting was to the United States. That was the first in Chinese diplomatic history. And all this followed Sampat, his posting as the head of the protocol department at a time when Xi Jinping was president. So he was very closely worked with Xi Jinping on in, on outgoing visits, on incoming visits. And I think they struck up a very close rapport, which kind of explains how he rose up the ranks so fast. And then came this very peculiar month-long disappearance Gang was very heavily involved in, in the late June visit of the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. There were no signs uh, during Blinken's visit where the two spent a lot of time together and Chingang even accepted an invitation to visit the U.S. And then on June 25th, he had his last meetings with visiting foreign ministers and that was it. We had no information for the next 30 days except Sampat. There was a brief statement from the Chinese foreign ministry saying that Chingang missed the meetings in Jakarta for the East Asia summit because of health reasons. But I think that uh, increasingly, Sampat, the health angle seems uh, not very sufficient to explain his disappearance. We can get into that more. Health reasons was what I heard from sources initially as well, that he had a sudden health event, which is why he didn't go to the East Asia summit. But then, Sampat, there were other peculiar things that happened Uh, For instance, the foreign ministry refusing to comment on his health or releasing details about it. And then, of course, we've had this one-line announcement of his removal, which, again, did not mention health reasons. Uh, Increasingly, Sampath, I think that it looks like a political move to remove him, uh, though, of course, information still remains very sparse at this moment.
0: Right. I mean, uh, thank you for this detailed uh, background, Anand. I was just uh, sort of thinking about one point that you mentioned, uh, that he was really well-liked in media circles. I mean, you got a chance to interact with him as well. And he has a good uh, impression among uh, the media in inside and outside China as well. But then uh, there are also reports which I've read which said that he wasn't much liked in, in, in the biggest foreign policy what should I say? Domain for China, which is the Washington, and uh, U.S. officials were not known to be particularly fond of him because, starting from his very first press conference as the U.S. ambassador, he has been pretty vitriolic in his attack on U.S. foreign policy. And there are talks, uh, there are sort of speculation that he won't be really missed that much uh, now that he's gone or seems to apparently gone. So, can you talk a little bit about you know his style as a diplomat, his background, how he rose? and and his stint, especially in Washington.
1: Right. I think in terms of um, his stint in Washington uh, and uh, what's been reported about the fact that, for example, he didn't get uh, a lot of attention from the White House or even he didn't get meetings with senior U.S. officials while he was there. I think that some part it was less to do with him than the general state of U.S.-China relations, which, of course, goes back uh, to uh, the downturn that happened during the Donald Trump, administration. Uh, And once the Biden administration came to power as well, I think that there hasn't been much of a change in this uh, very tense relationship. So I think it was more reflective of where China-U.S. ties were. And I think that uh, right now in the Xi Jinping era, any diplomat is pretty much his master's voice. And there's very little space, I think, for individual diplomats to actually express policy in a way that's different from what uh, the party central wants so i think she is uh, i think chingang was very much doing the job assigned to him by taking a hard line publicly uh, on the us which of course he did and it didn't seem to hurt him uh, because after his stint in washington he came back with a big promotion uh, to the central committee uh, and as foreign minister of course in december and as you mentioned at the start of the show he was also appointed a state counselor i think we should explain a little bit a brief word on uh, his current situation. All we know, Sampath, is he's been removed as foreign minister. He st- he still sits on the central committee and state councilor, which I think some observers uh, suggested that this might bolster the health theory that it was a health event, which was why he- he's not being removed from all of his posts. But I think there's another more likely explanation, which we've seen with the removal of previous ministers, which is that uh, at the start of political investigations involving discipline or violations of discipline. Uh, What you often see is they removed from one post, but not all the posts at the start of the investigation. And in the months that follow, and once the investigation concludes, you see harsher penalties such as removal of all posts and ultimately expulsion from the Communist Party before, if at all, uh, the party chooses to also uh, initiate criminal proceedings. So these are stages of investigations and in how the Communist Party does things. So I don't think him retaining posts sheds all that much light on whether he's politically safe or not. Uh, but I think that, uh, to the, back to the larger question, Sampath, I think that Chingang, from what he's done publicly, is very much hewed to the party line, hewed to the Xi Jinping line. So I think what has gone wrong, which we still don't know about, I think for Xi Jinping to take this extraordinary step, to me, Sampath, it speaks of something unprecedented in terms of a scandal.
0: Right. I mean, so he, uh, he had a very short stint as the foreign minister. And before that, he had a fairly short stint as Chinese ambassador to the U.S., And now that he's been sacked after the short scene, it's not like, you know, he was promoted or something. He's clearly been uh, made to quit. So does this reflect, uh, do you think, an embarrassing lapse of judgment on the part of Xi Jinping? Because clearly he's a guy who's sort of uh, been key to his rise. I
1: think this could be seen two ways, Sampat. And I think ultimately this will depend on what exactly were the alleged misdemeanors committed by Chingang. And this is something, Sampat, uh, which is also being very closely followed within China, despite censorship restrictions, so where you can't search for Chingang's name on Weibo, for example, but everyone sharing videos and, and things about his background. And I think that how much this reflects a lapse in judgment on Xi Jinping will be determined ultimately by what exactly Chingang has done. I think we should. We don't want to get into too much of unconfir- unconfirmed theories, but we perhaps should acknowledge what they are. And I think the the dominant theory that's been doing the round Sampath, over the last few weeks, including in Chinese social media, and I find it interesting that these haven't yet been censored. Is is Qinggang's relationship with a with a or alleged relationship uh, with a well known TV anchor who worked for Phoenix Television, um, and she was based in the United States as well. Uh, and I think the fact that there's been lots of media coverage suddenly in China about her, obviously uh, in, in, in connection with the Qingang case, is something that a lot of people have been discussing. Uh, but how this could also be spun, some since you asked about what this means for Xi Jinping, I don't think this is going to be a big dent on Xi Jinping's power or affect China's foreign policy or governance in a big way. And I think that probably uh, if uh, Qingang is ultimately... Uh, politically purged, it would probably be spun by the government and party as saying that, see, if you violate discipline, Xi Jinping will also take it out on his own people. So your closeness to the leader is not going to keep you immune from disciplinary violations. I think that's how they'll probably spin it.
0: Right. I mean, I know you, you, you want to be very cautious in terms of getting into uh, these unconfirmed speculations, but purely in the spirit of acknowledging uh, what is going around in Chinese social media, and since you also brought it up, I just wanted to know a little bit more, like in terms of uh, the disciplinary context here. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I also did come across this reference to I don't know an extramarital affair uh, with this television anchor. Now, uh, is it, when I mean, I'm assuming, is it a crime to have an extramarital affair for a Chinese, uh, For A, for a Chinese, and B, for a Chinese diplomat? How is it sort of something which should uh, call for disciplinary action? I don't, I don't assume others in diplomatic corps in other countries uh, could be sort of made to resign for having an affair with someone. Like, what is the context here?
1: That's a great question, and I would agree with your sort of assessment that just for the very fact that. Um, I think that extramarital affairs are hardly rare even among top Communist Party officials. I think listeners would have recalled the scandal uh, involving the famous uh, Chinese tennis player Peng Shuai, who publicly detailed uh, how she was actually sexually assaulted by a top uh, Politburo member, and he, in he, even though he was into his retirement, no actions whatsoever were initiated. Against him, uh, and those and people who follow Chinese politics know that it's hardly rare uh, for these kind of uh, things to to to, this, to carry on with. But so my own reading of the situation, Sampath, is I think it's something way beyond that. The dominant theory, which I would mentioned to, involves uh, Chingang allegedly having an affair with this journalist Fu Xiaotian, who works for Phoenix Television. Okay. Uh, her, and she has been active on social media and Twitter until April. And then she mysteriously stopped posting uh, for the last uh, almost three months. She hasn't posted.
0: So this phoenix television is a Chinese uh, uh, entity or is it an American entity?
1: Uh, for It is a Chinese entity for all intents and purposes. Uh, they're given some leeway to report uh, in more sharp tones. Uh, they have a huge office based in Hong Kong and they're given a little bit of leeway in the way they cover foreign policy and the like. Similar to say a global times, but they are very much uh, under the hand of the Chinese state. Uh, and Fu Xiaotian is quite well known in China. Uh, in fact, that she made the news in 2016 because she ha- actually had a, a garden dedicated to her in her name in Cambridge University in the UK. Uh, so actually, if you go to Cambridge, there's a Fu Xiaotian garden. And I think many in China found it really amusing that this would be given to a fairly youngish, this honor would be given to a fairly youngish, a television anchor. When when some of the other gardens are named after you know really well known uh, Chinese intellectuals and writers like Xu Jumo. and so they found it quite uh, interesting that she was given this honor and I think the suspicion was that she would given a huge donation a financial donation to Cambridge so clearly she was very wealthy her last social media post on Twitter sampath showed her with her baby boarding a private plane in Los Angeles. And I think internet sleuths found out that this plane ended up in Beijing and she hasn't been seen or heard of since. And the speculation on Chinese social media, especially by overseas Chinese, was that she was somehow linked with Qingang romantically uh, and that her son, obviously born in the United States, would be sort of eligible for US citizenship. And of course, the theory doing the rounds is if a senior Chinese official was involved with this, uh, especially given the US angle, um, that would be something that crosses a red line, especially if we don't know this. And again, we're speculating more than we th- perhaps should, especially if, say, this transgression has happened on foreign soil but This is different from the other transgressions, personal transgressions that happen in China. The fact that if this happened in foreign soil in the U.S., if there's any likelihood of, say, the U.S. having information that could possibly compromise a Chinese official, I think these are things that the investigations... Would probably look at if indeed these rumors have any truth to them.
0: Right. I mean, this is uh, in the territory of uh, high speculation. Uh, but if, uh, if if it is uh, borne out by uh, facts, eventually, uh, of course, it is quite a story. Uh, no doubt about that. Now, coming back to uh, this uh, this entire uh, trajectory of events, I was just wondering, you know, this sudden disappearance of uh, of a public figure from public view, and then followed by sort of feverish speculation about whether they have fallen out of favor with the Communist Party. We've seen this play out more than once or twice in recent times, haven't we? I mean, we've seen this happen with Jack Ma, uh, with Peng Shui whom you mentioned. So is this a rather common occurrence in public life in China? There's no transparency, suddenly people disappear. It doesn't matter, no matter how high you are in the you know, ladder of uh, hierarchy of elites and so on.
1: No, absolutely. This is uh, par for the course when it comes to top officials who vanished from view for months and then suddenly investigations are announced. And actually, Sampat, there was another significant uh, story in China that kind of got buried with the Chingang uh, news, which was they also announced, believe it or not, that uh, a general who was formerly the head of the Central Guard Bureau, which is extremely important military unit that's in charge of the safety of top leaders. They recently announced that he had died three months ago and that news just dropped uh, and no one had heard or seen from him in months. So this is something that's uh, really par for the course. But I will say, sampath that, uh, you know, when we are looking at the theories, whether it's, was it health related and not a political scandal or was it a political scandal? If it was health related, sampath I think that they would have come out with information because, Silence has led to all sorts of political speculation and insinuations that could have been avoided. Just to give a brief example, Sampath, uh, you might recall, I think we discussed this in an earlier podcast as well during the party congress in October when the former leader Hu Jintao was escorted off stage and it became a huge sort of uh, triggered global attention as to whether he was being purged. It turned out uh, he wasn't in political trouble. And that very same day, Sampath, the official Xinhua Xinhua news agency came out with a statement saying that a Xinhua reporter had learned that he was feeling unwell or disoriented, and that's why he was taken off stage. So there is precedence for them to quickly come out uh, to nip speculation in the bud, should they choose to. So if Chingang was indeed unwell, it's very easy for them to, even if they don't want to put out an official statement, they could have had it leaked or put out through Xinhua saying that he was unwell or ill, which is why I find it uh, increasingly Unlikely that this is an innocent or uh, non-political health-related matter, and I think that, uh, as you asked as well, this is something that we've seen with officials. You aren't going to have easy answers. Uh, I think that the Communist Party thrives on secrecy, and they're happy to live with months of foreign media attention and speculation. And I think they'll stick to their guns. And, and going through going through the past precedents of such investigations, it'll probably be months. Before you have even any inkling of what exactly happened, and some part even finally, uh, if this case when this case reaches its conclusion, we may still be in the dark in terms of the official narrative that comes out might only give you a sliver of what exactly happened, and that's how things work in China.
0: Right. I mean, you, you were just explaining like uh, I a mean, lot of reasons why you're not particularly convinced by the theory of uh, no, ill health being a reason for his disappearance. I mean, one another factor, uh, when fact which others have pointed out, uh, I was just wondering what you made of it. I mean, one, of course, uh, the official statement you know, announcing his departure and you know appointment of Wangi made no reference to his health. And secondly, uh, all the references to him from the official website of the Chinese foreign ministry are being erased. I mean, why would anyone want to do that unless uh, it's something more than health, it's something uh, political?
1: That's exactly right. And that's something we reported um, as well today, that if you search for Chingang, his entire digital record on the foreign ministry of China's website has been white clean. All of his meetings with other foreign ministers, his speeches, his diplomatic engagements, there isn't a single record that's left online on the foreign ministry's website. And that would really be a peculiar thing for them to do uh, if, this was, if this was a temporary absence because of health, which is what some people have suggested. So I think, as you said, uh, this points for all these various reasons, to a political scandal. And, and, and to me, it also has the markings of something that's probably unprecedented uh, for, for, for this action to have been taken.
0: Right. Uh, one final question, Anand, before we uh, wrap up. So, we've got uh, the new foreign minister who is actually the old foreign minister. <laughs> uh, right. And so, I was just wondering from the point of view of other uh, players in this uh, domain, like, you know, our foreign ministers of other countries who would have continued to interact with Xinjiang, uh, what does this development mean for them? And also for Chinese, I mean, you did make the point very well that these are all just their masters' voices, so to speak. But nonetheless, personal rapport uh, is not something which one could sort of summarily discount. So so now that Wang Yi is back, uh, so is it going to be very different from what uh, things were like the previous seven months? Uh, In terms of foreign policy and politics, geopolitics, is there anything different that one needs to take note of? Are there any implications in this regard?
1: I think, Sampath for this reason, that's why bringing Wang Yi back, I think, was a really smart move, rather than then bringing or promoting a, one of the vice foreign ministers, who I think will ultimately take over as foreign minister in the months to come, because Wang Yi is too senior to have all of these uh, jobs. Just for some background, Wang Yi was Chingang's predecessor, and in October, he was promoted to the Politburo. Uh, and he's also in charge of Uh, the Communist Party's Central Foreign Affairs Commission, which is the most powerful body when it comes to foreign policy making. And actually, the Foreign Ministry of China is less powerful and takes its cue from the Foreign Affairs Commission. So Wang Yi right now is wearing multiple hats, having taken on the additional charge. But I think in terms of what you asked, by, by bringing him back, what it does is It brings continuity and stability. For instance, even in his dealings with other countries, ministers, they all know Wangi. They've dealt with him for a decade. So I think in that sense, it was quite a smart move. And I think what they will do is probably in the months ahead, transition and promote one of the other possible candidates, vice ministers or senior foreign ministry officials uh, to finally take over. Uh, But for now, I think the fact that Wangi is back in charge will just mean I think more continuity, whether it's on China-India relations or China-US relations, I don't think the Chingang episode is going to have that much uh, of, a, of a lasting impact.
0: Right. This is uh, clearly a bat for uh, continuity in Chinese foreign policy. And uh, yes, thank you so much, Anand, for uh, detailing the various contours of this mystery. It's definitely a fascinating story. It's a great story, except that we have only right now uh, the main characters, the plot line, and the storyline, and the various chapters are really missing. Hopefully, somebody will uh, write a memoir or an investigative story when we'll be able to sort of join the dots uh, or all the dots which we don't know of as yet. Thank you so much for joining us and for throwing some light, if not much light, but this is something which I think we will get to know more of in the days and weeks to come. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Sampad.
0: In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.